1: Ty's got good hair.
3: Mike in Eldorado in. Loves our show. Appreciate that, Mike. Thank you, Mike. His first Hall game was in 1960 in November, a 3-0 victory against Rice. That puts Mike at at least, I think, 64 years of age. I don't know if he was taken there as a baby or or when he was taken there. 60
2: so he was probably uh, born in the mid-50s. I guess that my guess is he went at a young
3: age. Mike, we uh, we appreciate
2: the uh, the text. Thanks this morning. for the effort to listen. I guess listen on ninety-seven one down there, KAMD, one of our great stations on the Morning Rush Network.
3: Yep. So. All right, let's go and talk to Nelson, who's in Harrison. I'm guest listening on ESPN 104.3. Nelson, welcome into the program.
4: Hey guys, I do got a big beef this morning, but Come my on. first thing that I want to say, Ty, is you go back to the South Florida game. Melrose was bent they were playing two backup quarterbacks. That's right. South Florida's best side of their football team is their defense. So, <laughs> so I mean, you got to watch a little bit of college football before you just insert a name and say, "Oh, well, this team, look what like they did." Alabama did not play Melrose. Nelson, like Nelson sounds like a man. Nelson
2: sounds like a man that lost money on that game.
4: <laughs> a lot better. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he is. And, they played a and so, You can't throw that South Florida thing in there, Ty. I mean, I wish you could, but I mean, you gotta take that. I mean, you gotta compare apples to apples, brother. (laughs) So, and the thing of it is, guys, is this is my beef. It's been my beef the whole season, and it's going to continue to be my beef. Everybody's like penalties. Our best penalty game was, you know, that we had the best penalty. The best. Mark, as in, oh, we didn't have penalties. We we got handled. Okay, so penalties. I don't care if we have a hundred penalties, a hundred yards of penalties. If you know, if it don't matter, and and that's been no, proven in game.
2: It does matter. I mean, but, it means,
4: does and matter. And the, the other thing is this, guys. The other thing is this is when you're in the game. If you've got a sample size here, all right, you got a sample size of eighteen games and in in five games your quarterback made a great plays in one and in a Bakers dozen, he's made mistakes and lost. That's your problem. It's not your offensive coordinator, it's not your offensive line, it's decision making. It's it's not throwing the ball away when you got a chance to save a sack and it's throwing the ball into triple
3: coverage and getting interception. Nelson, appreciate the call. Yeah, their decision-making hasn't been great this year, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the football. There's been certain reads. There's been certain plays that you can definitely point to to K.J. Jefferson being that. Penalties are important. I'll give you this. I mean, no penalties in the A&M game. You get dominated. Two last week against Alabama, you still lost. But then you look at the other games, penalties killed you. So I, I get what you're saying, where it's like some games, it doesn't affect you. But other games, it's really affected you, particularly in Oxford, Mississippi. Jr., you're up next on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Good morning, buddy.
5: I gotta tell y'all. Morning. Good man. Good. The, the biggest thing that that I get from most people I talk to fans wise is, you know, the fact that this is an offensive line coach that you know, has been the career of uh, and the resume, but. In, Kids in the NFL, you know, being able to coach up and having the time span that he had to not be able to see what was going on, adjust just as offense it. I mean, every coach, every offensive coordinator has to make adjustments to what talent he has on the field. So I I would say there's going to be repercussions after season, whether, you know, whether it be the offensive line coach or offensive coordinator. 'cause you're getting paid you're paying out millions of dollars for people to be able to have enough foresight to see what you have and what you can put on the field. I mean anything. I mean you you're getting paid to a job and you can just see what's going on and you're, you're you know, that's your MO and you know, there needs to be repercussions for that. It's not anything personal, it's just that you have nope. to put a product on the field that's gonna that's gonna you know do what you're wanting it to do. And nope. if you don't have it happening J.R., you know, what what
2: should their record be, in your opinion? What should their record be right now?
5: I, I would say their record should be four and four,
3: four and three.
5: No, four and four, uh, four and three. Yeah, three. Yeah, okay. four and three. All right, four and three. That that would be because here's the deal. Just because LSU is ranked, just because Alabama was ranked, uh, and Ole Miss, those Arkansas. The, the team is lacking like confidence because they don't expect to win. Right now...
2: now hang and, on. hang. Well, wait, let me stop you. You think they played like they didn't expect to win at Alabama last week?
5: I just don't see... I, I, you know, Alabama never felt threatened by us. They never felt threatened by us. I mean, they get threatened by us. They, you know, uh, Arkansas right now, I, if they can get some confidence going back to the BYU game, if we would have won that, that would have been a major a major confidence boost going into this stretch, you know, that we just come out of, I think that would have made a huge difference. But the confidence level in the team, I'm not saying he's lost the team, but I'm just saying the confidence level in the team expecting to win is, is, just doesn't seem like it's there, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, you can compete, but there's a difference between competing and in the end of the fourth quarter, you up in clutch. I would agree with you on that, JR. I said that early in the program that if they beat BYU. They don't lose those four straight games. Good teams find a way to win down the stretch no matter what happens. This team hadn't found a way to do that just yet. Last call before we go to Richard Davenport goes to Jimmy, who's in Conway on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Jimmy, what do you have for us this morning?
1: Top of the morning, fellas. Hey, you're going to have Richard Davenport on. Last time he was on, he was talking about uh, the 11 o'clock kickoff. You can't have a lot of recruits. You're not going to have a lot of Recruits there because it's such an early time they can't get there, and then I heard them say that the game with Alabama was their first Alabama's first home eleven o'clock game in several years. That's a decided advantage for them. Uh, every school in the conference should that, should play the exact same number of eleven o'clock home football games. not work that every way. year. Doesn't work that way. Or that's that's an advantage. For the big boys, for yep. the guys that are winning. I know why they're doing it for TV, right. but it's not fair to the other guys. Everybody should take a turn at 11 o'clock and have that disadvantage. Just like the teams that suffer, they're going to keep sucking because they can't get the recruits in.
3: Georgia played at 11 this past week. Yeah, Georgia's had a lot of 11 a.m. games. I, th- I don't. I- I, I, if I go back to that conversation, so that's the first time you've ever played at eleven in Tuscaloosa. I, I don't know. Now Georgia's Alabama. with the
2: road game at Nashville, but they play. We played them over there at eleven. Yeah,
3: and I don't know, Richard, when the last time is that you played. It's a lot easier getting Atlanta than it is to X and A. I don't remember the last time uh, Alabama. I think they've had eleven a.m. games again. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering that conversation. But in terms of you going there. Yeah, that hasn't happened. It, it does not help Arkansas to have an 11 a.m. game. There's no pushback for me on that. Rachel, we gotten plenty of texts this morning. Appreciate you holding on and, and waiting a little later than you usually do. We were talking about Saturday being an 11 a.m. game for this football team. I know it's more difficult for recruits. Have you gotten any updates or confirmations of who is potentially going to be there for an official or unofficial visit on Saturday?
6: I'm not expecting any official visits, but I, I haven't, uh, I haven't really done a lot of digging. But uh, uh, unofficial visits uh, got a few, and I'll have much more Thursday or Friday. Usually, kids uh, confirm later in the week uh, when when they're coming. But uh, Jalen Mosley is a five, uh, not a five star, four star, uh, 2025 uh, defensive back from Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, and, uh, Carius Kern, uh from uh, uh, from, uh, uh, Marion's, uh, 25 defensive lineman 6'5, about 300, who is currently a three star, but I think he'll be a four star before he's said and done. Uh, he's, he's, uh, very athletic, big guy who could play offensive line or defensive line, and Arkansas's recruiting him on the defensive line. I'm expecting Braylon Russell, uh, your, your usual commitments, uh, Grayson Wilson, the quarterback from Central, uh, Arkansas Christian, but mm-hmm. uh, usually uh, usually 11 o'clock game, you're going to have it just depends. Uh, it can vary from anywhere from 30 to about 50 kids. Maybe you get up to 60, but a lot of them are local guys.
3: Um, on that note, is that normal to not have an official visit for an SEC-SEC game? Well,
6: especially when you have 19 commitments. I mean, I think they're gonna, probably going to add three or four more uh, before it's all said and done, but at the same time, you make determinations when when you, you want these guys to come in. Uh I know the tight end from uh, uh, Ohio, and I forgot his name off the top of my head. He's probably coming in after the season. The, kid, uh, the f- coaches like to have guys usually come in after the season if all things are equal, just because they get to spend much more time with them. Uh, during the game week uh, weekend, it's it's pretty hard for them to spend any time with them other than after the game and uh, and on Sunday and even that that that's kind of limited. So uh, and then then when you get into the 11, 11 a.m. kickoff and if they have a game on Friday night, it's hard to get them in for you know on a flight early enough to get them in for the game. Uh, so. Uh, there's a lot of disadvantages, obviously, uh, you know, with that eleven a.m. 11 a. kickoff, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean they can't have kids for officials.
2: Yeah, And I guess it just makes it really important to get all your in-state commits and in those, you know, in and around your state there, and uh, whether it's official or unofficial.
6: Yeah, I and mean, like I said, that Jalen Mosley's from uh, Jackson, Tennessee. That's that's within driving distance. He's 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 probably going to have to get up about three o'clock or – Leave around three o'clock to get here, though. Uh, so uh, you know he, he's going to be sacrificing. Unless, and listen, I haven't looked. I haven't looked unless he's not playing. Unless that, he has an open date on Friday night and he's able to drive in on Friday. So uh, that, that's that's another advantage that you have with some kids that have open dates uh, before eleven a.m. kickoff. It that gives it an option to come in a day earlier.
2: Yeah. So. You know, walk us through, you know, what's that like, uh, you know, they get here, you know, it's an 11 a.m. game. I don't know what time the flights land from Atlanta and Dallas. There's, you know, that's where most of the connectors come into XNA, you know. What what does the timeline look like for a, a recruit that arrives on Saturday morning? You know, what can they accomplish mainly after the game would be my guess.
6: Well, they, they would uh, they would spend time with uh, uh, coach, uh, coach Pittman and the position coach, and then, 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 then uh, you know, grab something to eat with them, you know, probably at Coach Pittman's house if you're talking about an official visit. Uh, and then, then the kid would go out with uh, uh, one of the players uh, that night. And then the next day, they, they would uh, have breakfast with the, the coaches and and uh, probably try to get a tour in. I guess Saturday afternoon or, or or Sunday, as far as the the campus and stuff like that. It's just so condensed and so hurried. It's it's just not – that's why, again, that's why the, the coaches, for the most part, like to bring in guys uh, after the season.
3: Richard Davenport with us here on the McLarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, I, I saw that you posted something about Jimbo Fisher and whole hog sports, and I know A&M fans are not happy right now. They're sitting at where they are at 4-3 and three at this point of the season. They've already got two SEC losses. What do you think is going to happen – After this season in College Station, if that football team continues to lose,
6: it's going to be hard to keep him. I I mean, they've they've been kind of, uh, you know, upset with him uh, for the most part. And when you pay that much money for a for a head coach, uh, you're expecting big things. And obviously they have all the resources. They have the recruiting base and everything. To uh, be successful, and they, they evidently, they, you know, supposedly have had some of the better recruiting classes in the country, and and you can't win at a high level. That's that's something that's uh, very frustrating for a fan base that can afford just about anything. Uh, so I, I I I don't know for sure. I haven't really checked with uh, a couple people down in the College Station and mm-hmm. see what they're they're hearing, but. Uh, uh, it only makes sense uh, after so many so many years, and you have a, a record that's right around what uh, someone had or, or worse. Uh, people are going to be saying, well, "Why are we paying this much money?" But <laughs> they're obviously going to have to uh, pay a lot of money to get rid of him too.
3: Richard, real quick, we got twenty seconds. Can you have basketball recruits at exhibition games? What's the deal with that? I'm
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can. And as of last night, I, I wasn't able to confirm anybody for. Uh, this Friday, but uh, you, you can. And, and I expect uh, them to have quite a few for the Purdue game, obviously, uh, the, with it being on a Saturday.
0: Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877 377 6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools in our little leagues in our food banks and our people. So you're not just making a purchase. You're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
3: for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet
0: online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
3: You heard the funny story from Max Fletcher there and we'll we'll play some other clips from him coming up in in just a bit. I think this football team is in a situation right now that you find yourself with that one friend that you've given countless chances over and over and over again. The guy that keeps screwing up at parties, he keeps not texting you back, he keeps, you know, whatever the case may be, you're giving him or her one last shot. One more opportunity. And if he or she fails, it's done. That's what this Saturday is. If this team fails against Mississippi State at home, as a touchdown favorite, homecoming. I don't care that they're coming right. off a bye. I don't care if Will Rogers plays or not. You're done. You're done. You don't care. Right. rest of the season, it's basketball season. Friday night yep. kicks off exhibition. Saturday, Purdue. It's basketball season after this week. You'll love the must bus, huh? I they, agree. If they lose to Mississippi State.
2: Unless That's they, a bad and loss. Then, then if they beat Florida, you're not going to care? It's not going to matter to you if they go and beat Florida? It's going to
3: matter to me, yeah. but for the majority of this fan base, basketball season. Coach Musk, what you got? They know how important it is. I mean, Isaiah Satania, he talked about the exact same thing Coach did.
7: We know the tasks that we have at hand, and we got to win. And everybody knows that. Everybody's working hard this week, and I like the team that we got. We got to win. It's
3: one thing to say it. It's another thing to execute and do it. Again, this is the last line of defense. This is your last chance, best friend. This is your last chance Mm -hmm. to make a good impression and still stay a part of the friend group. Or you're shunned. It's over. We're Whoa. not texting you back. Exiled, you're, kick, huh? you're kicked in out of the group for at least this year. I think that's where the fan so, base is right now.
2: That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Is this team got... Are we putting too much pressure on them this weekend? No. Okay.
3: No, not you this You lose weekend. five straight, including one to BYU. I'm no. good with that. You're not. I'm, I'm okay with you're that. Not, you're not winning four straight to get to a bowl game at that point. But there's clearly...
2: They feel the pressure. They're speaking about it. Must win. You're hearing must win out of everyone's mouths that's talking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Uh, well, and talk today. But I, I suspect that's Day. what we're going to hear when, let's see, what is it, three media opportunities today kind of show tonight. You've got 42. you, you got this morning with with the Arkansas media, his, his, uh SEC teleconference. We'll have all of this. And then, of course, tonight you can listen right here. And uh, Sam Pittman Live will be on. So I would imagine we'll get a dose of more of that must-win stuff today. And I feel when I hear Satania talk, when I hear Coach talk, I hear them feeling the pressure. Yeah. Now, how, how do you respond? You know, that, that, that's what we're all going to find out at beginning 11 o'clock Saturday. I think you got to win by, like, at least two scores because you haven't really shown you can win a close game yet.
3: I mean, it's just, you know, if it comes down to the wire, are they going to be able to do it? Well, I mean, they might be able to do it this, this Saturday, but we haven't seen it. I'll take a win regardless, but I get what you're saying. You don't want it to be close where you get tense in the fourth quarter because, like you're saying, but this God, team— What indicates to you anything other than a close game? I don't know. If Will Rogers doesn't suit up at quarterback, they, they old, excuse me, Mississippi State won't be able to, I think, hang if he's not their quarterback. And even if he's banged up, I'm curious if they can at that point. That's my thought. I expect to close.
2: I mean, what's the line? Six and a half. Yeah, about on the six, bet, uh, bet six and, a half half. and a half
3: this morning on the bet, there. Yeah.
2: So I mean, <laughs> anything uh, if Arkansas wins by more than ten, I'll be surprised. I mean, I, I you know I I don't know which way I would lean on that right now, but I mean, this idea that you're going to roll what you're two and five,
3: take a one point win. I mean, any way you can win. Oh, I'll take a yeah one for sure. Yeah. I bet that. Let's do this. I'll bet you. Uh, I'll bet you dinner next week they win by at least ten. Do I have to go with you? No, I'll just send you. I mean that's that's two different things. They'll win by at least ten this weekend. Okay, I'll take I'll take the other side of that. You got to buy me and Big C dinner if well. Hey, now you're changing the bet. Well, you're getting better odds. You got to know. Am I getting better odds? They're gonna win by at least ten. I have to in order if they win by less than ten, you still win the bet. They lose. If they win by nine or lose it all, then you win the bet. You got a lot better odds there than me, so you can either so, take. So it's a ten straight up's a push. Yes, it's
2: a push. So if they that win, by. you buy? Then you you buy on the push.
3: No, I don't buy on the. Well, push. Well, if I'm going to
2: buy Big C, then you got to buy on the push.
3: But they're going to win by like ten or it's going to be like ten or more. But it's ten on the it's dot. What are the odds of ten on the dot? A pretty good. Oh.
2: Because it's right around Well, But you seem so point. confident it's going to be a, a wide margin. So why would you care?
3: that it's going to be like between 10 I mean, and 15. You ask for
2: something. I've trained you. If you're going to ask for something, I've got to ask for something back in exchange. If they're going to win four out of five the, these next five games, they they really should win by at least game. exactly right. They should. If you don't win this one by, you know, 10 or more at home yeah. after being on the road so long by coming up, how are you going to win four or five? That's I think true. they got the goods to do it. But I just don't think anything indicates at this point, based on what we've seen this season, that, hey, it's going to be a blowout.
3: John says, go ahead and help and uh, gas up the must bus. He texted yeah. in on the McCarty-Daniel Holland, just go ahead and gas it up at this point. Jason says he doesn't like basketball, so he has to look forward yeah. to baseball.
2: Man, they got their fall classic going on.
3: <laughs> they stuff. did. The, uh, they tied on Monday. The Cardinal won, I think nine to eight yesterday. I don't have any other stats. There was one of
2: the, there was one of the games suspended in the eighth inning. i It wasn't darkness necessarily. I'm not sure what
3: happened there. Okay, I'm. I'm not in baseball season yet. I just saw the. I've read the, the emails. Score. Yeah, yeah. That's the extent of uh, what I did in in regards to that. But I, and maybe I'm just stupid, which very could <laughs> very much could be I mean, the case when it comes to this this baseball or excuse me this football team at this point. Well, I, here's something to. Not be in a situation and you don't want to lose six straight. Lenny Jackson talked about that again Changes not changes. They don't want to be in that situation.
0: Yeah, I mean if there's any change I'd say it's a positive change you get your fans behind you and we got something to fight for We've lost five in a row now I mean, we don't want to make it six We want to come out there and play to the best of our abilities and get the win for the people that are in that stadium
3: Brett his team In 2013, lost nine straight games in the season. Then they lost the season opener to Auburn. It was a great game at first. 21 all at half. And then Nick Marshall came in after being suspended. He couldn't score in the second half. Guys got locked in the elevator. Auburn cheats. We know it. They get away with it. It And you lost that game. Yes, it was hot. hot.
2: They wilted in the heat. Nine straight. I didn't realize it was that much. Yep. You should have been in LSU. The heat heat beat you as much as anything that day.
3: That game, end of the year in, in Tiger Stadium. I mean, you had that game dead to right against LSU. Guy falls down, there's a missing coverage, and you ultimately lose to the Tigers at the tail end of the season, which was horrible. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you're at right now. You lost six straight under Jack Crowe's, either 90 or 91. You don't want to tie that record. You gotta win on Saturday, and this team knows it. And they've been open. Not only do they know it, it's not just in the locker room, but as you said, they said it Monday, they said it Tuesday, and Pittman's gonna readdress we'll that it again today. Later I mean, on, I I think they're feeling pressure, and I'm okay
2: with that. I mean, mm-hmm. I perform better under a little bit of pressure. You know, if there's some money on the line, it's a seven footer. I'm I'm going to bear down a little bit more. You know, if it, it's a bigger meeting or something, you got to be ready for big show. I mean, what whatever you know, pressure is good. It it brings out the best in people. It it exposes the flaws. So I mean, you know. All the I mean, you only got twelve of these things a year. They're all pr- pressure filled to it to a certain degree. Yeah, but I think this one comes with an extra level of of importance because of I think the balance or the 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 course of the season is going to shift one way or the other based on the outcome of this game. You could win four or
3: five if you win this game. You lose this game, you may win one more. That's how I see it. So is that why my golf game's off? Because I don't have a huge audience watching my every putt, every drive, every it's iron. Not about audience. It's about what what. It's about the consequence of success or failure. So if I bet my friend who's a scratch golfer my salary for the month, mm, I'll play better do and it. beat him. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. There, there's to.
2: also talent and skill level involved there, which I don't well. have any. Right. When it comes to exactly. that sport, but I mean, you know, there's like there's a, I think there's a a noticeable consequence to the outcome of this game yeah and maybe it, we're overreading that but I didn't had anyone you know disagree with me I haven't had anyone says nah you're way off it you know it's just another game you take them one at a time no one's saying that this one feels different there is we've no. been talking about this game for two weeks guys before the Alabama game We said you know Alabama's important but the really important game we've been saying for two weeks is Mississippi State. Because the consequence of losing this game seems greater because of all of the circumstances that have built up to this point.
3: You're exiled from the friend group. You lose this game. No more victories. No return for a year. Football (laughs) season's done. no moral victory. You're exactly right. You won't talk about football until end of June, middle of June, after the baseball team wins the— I don't want to hear about
2: penalties. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about the announcers. Just go win. I don't want to hear about anything. I don't want excuses. I just want results.
3: Let me ask you this. Would you give up? I'm trying to think of... All right, so Arkansas goes 0 for in the SEC. They do beat Florida International. But... You get to go to Phoenix, Arizona for the Final Four in basketball. And... Your team doesn't win the national championship hmm. in baseball, but they make the College World Series. Now, they're going to win this year. It's 2024. Right,
2: so I'm sacrificing the rest of this baby the for a season. Final Four
3: and a College World Series. But they Parlay can. that together. But they don't win it? Yeah. They don't win either, but they make them both. Now, they're going to win in baseball. Don't worry about that. 64-94-2024. We're good there. But in, under this scenario...
2: Well, you understand that the College World Series is next in... 2024
3: Yeah, but this that? is this is a the, different the scenario. college
2: basketball Real- season is the, the championship next is
3: in The reality is they're going to win in baseball so don't worry about that but under right. this again mm-hmm. different scenario yeah. you just make the final four and you just make the college world series to Omaha but you sacrifice the rest of the football no. season for one win against Florida International No, I wouldn't do it. If you're not going to win it in both. I mean a final four appearance would be good in basketball
2: I can't lie that uh-huh. would be you're wrong, Big C. I mean, God, the, the way the, the, the final four and the college, of course, we're we're way off track here. But a final four, which you hadn't been to since '95, no. You, you, even if you win four or five, and you get to six and six, and you go to a three and nine, is the Weed Whacker Bowl, that doesn't change the course no, of your program. Of course not. It's hard I'm to be that, positive. Any, now, here's yeah, the problem. Here's the problem, and here's what you got to think about, and here's the reality of losing this Saturday and your season sliding off into the abyss. How does that affect transfer portal? How does that affect your, your recruiting? I mean, there are consequences to these losses in football. We got to understand that. I mean, you're talking about a you know a barstool conversation here. You know, that's fun to have, but but the reality is, as the losses mount, you think people in the portal are saying, "Hey, Arkansas is the place to be." I mean that that that's just the reality of of what the consequence is to losing this Saturday. Yeah. And not just this Saturday, because I think we all agree, a loss this Saturday makes the rest of the season a lot less likely to be victorious. Yeah.
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
3: So Ty Washington went through a process where he wasn't playing a lot and then thrust into a starting situation. And he mentioned all the work and effort he put into. Isaiah Satania, who is now entering his second season as a Razorback, also kind of going through some stuff, didn't play as a true freshman, finally got a touchdown last week. Here's what he said about the process.
7: We were watching film on them, and, you know, we kind of saw that look, and we implemented the play, and we're driving, driving, and there was a pass to Tyrus that ended up getting called for a penalty, and so that brought us into the red zone, you know, they called me in, and, you know, I just knew what I had to do. if The ball was thrown to me. You know, I had to come down with it. I had to do whatever I needed to, and, you know, it finally happened, and, it was one of the best moments of my life. You know, I finally just saw like what a year and a half of hard work had done for me. And it was just very rewarding. I think we're going to
3: c- continue to see him more and more. Guys, great ball skills. He's one of the fastest guys on the team. And even on like a short bubble screen, he can change a, a 2 or 3-yard game into a 10, 15-yard game. He is that type. Now, you have not had explosive plays this fall. You're outside the top like 80 or 90 in that category He's one of those guys that can provide them. In the final five games, I think we're going to continue to see him more and more.
2: Well, and is he your next best chance to be somewhere in the same conversation as Traylon Burks? I mean, I don't think he's there because Burks had it from the minute he walked on. But we haven't had anything close to Burks since Burks was here. Is that fair? Is he your best chance Correct. of what you have? at least on the current roster. Not to say something couldn't portal in, but yeah. he's your best chance to be that kind of of receiver.
3: Yeah, and I really liked what I've seen from Andrew Armstrong this year. I think yeah. he's been really solid. There's been a couple of touchdowns he should have had that were either underthrown, that wanted Texas A&M, or the DB made a great play. I mean, the guy's gotten separation, and he can go up and get it even the two-point conversion last week against Alabama. He's a dude. He's not Burks, but he's a dude. Hopefully, we'll continue to see progression from him as well at this point. Jackson got named co-SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week, also was recognized as the big Narek Award Player of the Week. A couple guys back in practice, some fully, some not. It's, again, some guys in practice doesn't mean they're going to play on Saturday. Uh, Chris Bupal, Jalen Braxton, Al Walcott, some of the, uh, the defensive players that were back at this point don't know about their status just yet. Maybe we'll hear from Pittman later on today if there's an update from their guys. Update-wise from the SEC, they announced the all-SEC teams and the order of finish yesterday within the Southeastern Conference. Did you see where Arkansas is? How about for is? basketball? For basketball. Did you see where Arkansas is basketball-wise? Wasn't it third? Or you picked third. Yeah. Picked third in the SEC, only trailing Texas A&M, who's got Wade Taylor back. Guy's been in College Station for a decade. Getting annoyed by it. Great player. Great guard. It's going to be annoying to have to play him again this year. And Tennessee, who's at one, another guy that's been in college basketball forever, Santiago Vescovy. Swear he's been in Knoxville a decade too. But you got to contend with both those elite guards that will both be spearheading their teams—one for Rick Barnes, one for Buzz Williams. But you're picked third. A pick third, if I remember correctly, that last year ended up third. You still made the NCAA tournament, made some noise against Kansas, but. A lot of people still high on Arkansas yeah. this year. Was Alabama fourth?
2: I, I I didn't commit any of that to memory. Uh,
3: Alabama's uh, fifth. Fifth, okay. Kentucky is fourth. That's right. So it's not often. It, this is kind of the norm now. Kentucky hasn't been picked first. In, the reality is, Kentucky. They've been beaten too many times. Yeah. They shed the shine's off,
1: mm-hmm. right?
3: Now. And it's great. I, I mean,
2: North Carolina, I, I, they, what was it, two years ago or three? I lose track of time when they got to the Final Four and won it. Um, after Roy Williams had retired, I many years ago was that it's not they two lost ago. to Kansas
3: in the championship. I mean,
2: um, since that point, I mean, a lot of the blue bloods, and we've seen the retirements, we've seen the change in the portal. I mean, Kentucky's one of those blue bloods. I mean, they're competitive and they're there, but they're you know they're they're certainly not dominant in the way they they've we've mm-hmm. grown accustomed
3: to them being for so long. And it's great at this you point know, It's time. more parity. Yeah, you know, in a sport that has a lot of teams that can win. You've got two guys on the All SEC rosters. Trevin Brazil is a first-teamer, and we saw what he did initially in that first game. Thank goodness you were able to pluck him away from Missouri. He's going to be a key piece. Might be the, the go-to guy. I think Caleb Battle's ultimately going to be the go-to guy. Him or him and L. Ellis, but Trevin's going to be a major factor. And then you have Devo Davis as another second-teamer again, which are two key starts. I think when they roll out Friday night and... They announced the starting lineups. This could change during the course of the season. And I think it depends on Caleb's health, which he hurt his ankle in the in the red white game. I think during warm ups, so this could change it. But I think they're gonna roll out L Ellis, Caleb Battle, Devo Davis, Trevin Brazil, and Makai Mitchell. I think that's the starting five this Friday. Now that's subject to change. We'll see. But if Caleb's healthy, I think that's the starting five they go with, which is traditionally a smaller team than what you've had. In years past, I don't know anything about UT
2: Tyler. Um, you know, they played a lower division, but we we saw East Central come in a Division Two team and give problems to Arkansas, and they were a, they were a good um, team from the Great American Conference. So, I mean, I would say don't sleep completely on these these uh, exhibition games. And we know Purdue a whole different level of of competition, but we've seen these games be problematic before uh, mm-hmm. in the Eric Musselman era. So. Um, you know, if you're expecting a hundred point blowout, I don't know that that's yeah, that's just not the way it's been because Arkansas is still trying to figure it
3: out. Yeah, I'm being a good brother. This Friday night, my brother is coming into town this weekend with his girlfriend who is an Aggie. I'm I'm living with that mistake that she made a couple years ago, but they are uh they're in town this weekend, so I'm foregoing the basketball game to to hang out with them, even though I do want to well, see what this take him to the basketball game. They already have plans, and I'm. Getting uh, I'm I'm going with that instead. So, Big C, you're going to the Purdue game next week. I expect some expert analysis the yes. following Monday, <laughs> the uh, after. And there, listen, no football game. I know we got some big time college football this weekend. Not next Monday show, but the Monday after, we're gonna have a good chunk of basketball segments because it's a marquee matchup in Purdue. Whoa. That'll be the week you play Florida too. Are you going? Mm-mm. I'll be here. Well, I got have... work.
2: Oh, you're not going.
0: You're not going to do the game.
3: Yeah, I got a. I got. We got some car we're doing that. So, right. you'll no. get the Duke game, man. No, I listen. I, I already pinpoint. By the way, I uh, I, re- I read through the, the fine print of the credential and parking pass handout. Turns out you can't sell that. I could probably make five hundred dollars selling my credential. That'd be a good the, way to never get one again <laughs> for the Duke game. I know Kyle and and Mike and some of the other guys at the athletic department are listening this morning, but man, that'd be an easy easy five hundred bucks to There'll sell. Be that people turning their and seizure not tickets. Going? You know, no, I'm going to the okay, Duke I was game. About uh, to who's say, the Duke game? Eight fifteen. Heck. ESPN. Bud Walton Arena. Most high hey, game you've had in you have had. Bud Hey, you need to give
2: me one too. Hey, the um, this week the tickets started going out into the accounts. So oh, if did they? Uh, yeah, okay. so if you're you're looking for your Purdue tickets. You're looking for season tickets. Uh, those are starting to be put into accounts this week. So get it fired up. I know there will be some people uh, that will do what you're talking about and sell their Duke tickets for, for a pretty hefty price.
3: Bill from Northeast Arkansas texted in as we close out our hog update. Will Friday's game be streamed? I don't believe so. Unless no. I've got an, uh, uh, no. you've got another no. update on be,
2: that. I haven't seen anything that says Mm-mm. video. And if you're talking about there is no radio broadcast. Now, there no. will be of the Purdue game. That's the one we need to... To see if it's going to be on SEC Net Plus or you know the Arkansas Razorback channel in there.
3: My guess is no.
2: My guess is no as well. I I, I don't that, think that's a, that's going to be a muscleman decision. And then you've also got to get you know crews in place, cameras in place. A lot of that stuff's in the football stadium now. You but know, it's a
3: bye week. But it, you it's, know. it's a must call. If he doesn't want it, then it's not going to happen. And listen, if you have to give up televising the Purdue game for a good basketball team this season. I'm okay with it. That's your Hog Update this morning, brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't
5: have to put up with any
3: malarkey call. 8-8-8-8 Sparky. Uh, Basketball season is crazy it's here. We got our promos running for the basketball team, and for good reason. There is a lot of hype around this team. I know there was last year, and they underperformed in regular season, but we'll see how this team does. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zouts the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Clay, it's a big week for Arkansas football. You heard Coach Pittman at the top of our open talking about how they played here in Thirty-five days, we know that there's injury concerns for really both squads. Don't know if we're going to see Will Rogers on Saturday for Mississippi State. Don't know about a couple defensive players for for Arkansas. If if Rogers can't go, Clay, I mean, how does that change the dynamic of this game? Especially coming off of last year where KJ couldn't go for Arkansas.
8: Well, first of all, they, I think they've uh, they're they're in the process of moving on, and you know their other quarterback is uh, is an option runner. Uh, bootlegs, sprint outs, uh, you know, jet sweeps and things like that in that offense, and that, that's what they've been running, and the guy's a better passer than you, you know, than, you know, you would think if that's what his strength is um, as far as running, but uh, I think that a running quarterback does present a lot of challenges. Uh, I think that's Probably what they're working against the most, but they, you know, they've they faced Rodgers. They know what he can do. They know the drop back game that that they've used in the past with him. It's not the same. It is not uh, as thorough. They don't throw and catch quite as good, but they run it good. They've got good running backs. And uh, in the college game, a running quarterback is is uh, can be an evil thing for a defensive coordinator to contend with. Yeah. Just ask what it's like to try and defend Jalen Milrow or K.J.
3: Jefferson. No, what it is. Kevin yeah. Steele and, and Travis Williams had to do. That's the last extra game.
8: dimension. Yeah. Yes,
3: it is. Well, one of the guys that's been called upon <coughs> several times this season, Clay, to defend those said quarterbacks in a QB spy situation is Jaheim Thomas. And not only, Clay, is he leading this football team in tackles? He's leading the Southeastern Conference in tackles. How, how important has that transfer from Cincinnati been? for Travis Williams in a unit that's probably a lot better than p- people expected it to be.
8: Well, you know, in talking with Travis before the season, um, back in late May, or maybe it was early June, um, you know, he talked a lot about, you know, he's a linebacker coach, defensive coordinator, and, you know, there you know, there was a lot of talk about Pooh and Jordan Crook. And, man, he, he talked, he said, we've got about five or six, and you're starting to see more and more of Brad Spence he makes plays, um, but the, generally, the the you know the linebacker is going to be the leading tackler in this defense. They they set up everything up front to keep blockers off their linebackers, and I think that's uh, a testament to what the inside of this defensive line has done. With you know with Eric Gregory and Booker and Rose, you know they they have uh, you know I guess the only guy you know in that middle group that. You know, hasn't really excelled is Terine Carter, uh, and but it's I think that if you ask Jaheim Thomas, you know what's going on, he he'll point to those defensive linemen and say, man, they I don't ever see a blocker, and that's a good thing, and it's partly the reason why this defense has really blossomed is the force on this team that you can you know that you kind of count on.
2: What do you think's going on with Rocket? Uh, doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. Well, coach said he's not going to play. I mean, where wh- where are we at with Rocket in your estimate the rest of the
8: season? You know, Tommy. You know, first of all, if he did play, I don't think he's, you know, he hasn't been a factor. And whether he's not confident with his knee, not comfortable with it, uh, or uh, you know, there's some swelling and some pain, you know, some you know worrisome thing, he, he's not full speed. So, if you have him, I don't know that you would have him from any plays. And it's just, he has not been effective this year. And, uh, you know, a knee injury for a running back, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, you know, like a blister on a finger for a pitcher. I mean, it's going to shut you down. You just cannot play with a bad knee. And, you know, every time he tries to, to play, you know, he gets swelling and, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it, you know, I, I think that it, if he is comfortable in a hundred percent, maybe you have something. But he's he's not there right now, and you can tell uh, from talking to Sam that you know it's you know you you get the word from the player that he's not ready. That's all you need to know. Uh, Clay Henry with this Hall of Famer. You mentioned the running back position, talking about
3: Rocket. I think some people are wondering why isn't AJ Green got more touches? Yeah, and Co- let me play this clip real quick, Clay, because Coach addressed that yesterday. Obviously
1: we have belief in him and Ardub and Damo. We felt like Ardub could get the tough inside yards a little bit more and so that's where we were going there. You know, he had 14 carries for 28 yards and then caught a pass out of the backfield. And then A.J. complimented that and averaged about seven yards a carry or something like that. Some of him were on third down, you know. Some of those were third down runs. But we believe in both of them, and we'll probably split the difference this week with them.
3: So that sounds like to me, Clay, that we're going to see a little more of A.J. Green this week with the binion.
8: Yeah, I think it's just a feel thing. And if you've – when I watched. Those running backs, whether it be in game or in practice, I see different skill sets, and you know the speed of, of AJ is obvious. You know we we all like that. He's a straight line guy, and you get him in in space, he can do damage. He is not an off tackle slasher. Um, he also is a like I say a straight line runner uh, that doesn't make people miss. Man, and this, uh, this offensive line, you better be able to make somebody miss. <laughs> There's going to be somebody in the hole and somebody's coming free all, almost every play. And I think DeBinion gives, you know, is a, is a swing and miss guy that, that you, you see him and then he's a little more shifty. Um, you know, so I think if, you know, if they get in some situations, short yardage where they want to power back, you know, maybe Dominic Johnson is that. Um, atomic looks like he's still kind of feeling his way along. With you know, with he he's had double ACL surgery, and it's just a you know tough thing. I think that another factor is pass blocking that they they like Dominion's pass blocking. He hasn't been a hundred percent. Nobody has on this team. It doesn't look like, um, but he he's a guy that seems to understand the checks and in the hot routes, you know, pretty well. AJ, um, he's going to get his carries. But it's uh, you know there, there's not a lot of carries for the running backs anyway. They're not they're not running it 40 times, you know, because that's not mm-hmm. that's not their game. Mm-hmm. So there's you know that kind of reduces your carries for all of them. I mean, I, I think they they all tell you in that room. They'd like to have more touches, but would they be productive touches? I'm not sure. Yeah. What was the change?
2: What what did you notice as the difference between the the second quarter where there was no productivity with the offense? And then the second half where they, you know, got it rolling a little bit. It was not the you know, the greatest offensive performance, but I thought for the second half it might have been one of their best performances when you condense it down of the season offensively, which that's not saying a lot. But what did you notice between the second quarter and the second half of last week's game?
8: Yeah, I think that two things happened in the second half that really helped them. First of all, Alabama committed two really – atrocious penalties to to help them one of them was a face mask when they were going to get off the field yeah and it would have continued you know that run of three and outs and then the pass interference penalty you know in the same drive i mean both of them were obvious penalties i mean they committed them but it kind of let arkansas and especially uh kj kind of get in rhythm you know like okay we can do this and gave them a little confidence and you know once they got in rhythm uh they made plays. KJ played a little better. Um you know, I think their intensity was a little better in in, in this in the second half. I think Alabama's intensity probably overwhelmed them in that situation in the first half, especially their defense. Alabama's defense is really good, but they made mistakes in the second half that really helped. Uh they turned loose a couple of receivers. They lost containment on KJ, which you know everybody does at some point in the game. Uh, but it, it was Those two penalties just kind of got Arkansas in rhythm and and gave them confidence, I think. All
2: right, let's flip it to the other side. What was the adjustment you saw for the second half defense that allowed some of those receivers free for Alabama in the first half and then in the second half a defense that only gave up a field goal? What were the the adjustments you saw that led to a a stellar second half
8: defensive performance? Yeah, I thought that – First of all, you, you had the defensive line controlling the line of scrimmage for Arkansas that they didn't in the first half. You know, they stopped the run. You know, Alabama looked like they were going to run it on them, you know, to, you know, to end the half. You know, they got that field goal. Or was that the start? You know, they, anyway, they stopped the run. And then Landon Jackson toyed with their left tackle. And their, their left tackle is a true freshman. You know, he's all world, you know, they say, but he doesn't have it yet. And that's the, you know, that's the kind of a a mystery. You think, well, Alabama, they'll go out and find them a left tackle in the portal. Well, they're, they're playing a true freshman that's not ready. And in some ways, both teams struggled because of ineffective, uh, left tackle play, you know, able to just to finally, uh, you know, they brought their tight end back and put a running back over there to help that, that tackle so they could kind of finish the game. Um, but it, without question, this was a game where Arkansas's defensive line really stepped it up, and that's why Landon Jackson's National Player of the Year. I mean, yeah. eleven tackles for a defensive lineman—that just doesn't happen. And I, but I, I will tell you, I bet you Landon Jackson watching tape all week of that that Alabama left tackle, whose everybody is is has uh, you know destroyed probably gave him a little confidence yeah. that I'm going to have a big game. And you parlay
3: that into this week for Mississippi State. I, I would think Landon now, who again leads the team in sacks, leads the team in tackles for loss. should have a <laughs> lot of confidence having the 11 o'clock. So and We talked about his weight gain, but really this was the first game we saw yeah. it fully on display outside of maybe BYU. Yeah, see, I
8: think that when I've watched every team Arkansas played, they have had – tackles that could negate what arkansas's defensive ends now i, th- I think uh jeff coat you know kind of destroyed his guy in the Ole miss game and that was a big part of shutting down Ole miss's offense is that that he was coming free free a lot um but I, I think that you know BYU had two really good tackles i think a and m you know their tackles are are legit uh, I think LSU had that. This is the first game where I looked out there and said, "Man, there, there's a there's mismatches there. They can't handle you know Arkansas's ends, and you know they're 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 getting some push in the middle, you know, on pass rush situation. And the the other thing they did that teams have done to Arkansas is they kept Milrow in the pocket, and they didn't let him escape. They didn't give him lanes. They they kept. Control of their offensive lineman, where they can shuck him, and, you know, and play two gaps in, in pass rush. And uh, I think Deke Adams had a great game plan for what they were going to do defensively against Alabama.
2: Clay, we've been talking for two weeks about the importance of this game, and yeah, Alabama was a big opportunity and a big stage last week. But even before that game, uh, we were speaking to the fact that Mississippi State's the game you got to win. It's a must-win game, regardless of the outcome of last week, because you're back at home. That's all we've heard from the coaches, heard that from the players last night. Um, what's the dividend of winning, and what's the consequence of losing this week against State when you're back at home for the first time in nearly 40 days?
8: Yeah, I think the the losing part's pretty obvious, Tommy. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there, there's only so many games left. If you're wanting to get bowl eligible, there, there's uh, – you, you you can't you can't let them in any, any of They're all must wins, and I, I would argue that with you just playing twelve, that that's that's the way you ought you should look at it week to week. But uh, the Mississippi State game, by and large, if you go through Arkansas seasons since they've been in the SEC, and if if they beat Mississippi State, they're probably going to a bowl, and it, it's usually been a, a November game. It's October this year. They have the seasons come down a lot of times to that Mississippi State game and a little earlier this year. But I think it's still uh, a game that when you look back, it could define the season. And, you know, some people might say, well, BYU did. Well, you, you still have games left and winning breeds confidence. You have an open date week. Uh, I think that uh, the value of the win. Is is uh, just as important as what a loss would be. I think it, you know it catapults you forward. Uh, a loss, you know, slams the door, uh, especially with an open date. I think it would be a really sour, sour uh, day in Fayetteville if they can't win. Do
3: you think the fan base is done if they lose this game with football season this year? Say, say
8: that again, Ty. I would not follow
3: Oh, sorry, Clay. Do you think the foot the fan base if they lose this football game will? Do away with the rest of the season and just kind of flip the script to basketball
8: if they well, filter Saturday. Yes, some may have already done that, mm-hmm. um, but I, but I think that uh, each game is its own, you know, kind of microcosm of that. Uh, you, I don't think it'll be a you know a huge crowd. And I think you can get tickets, but they've sold a lot of tickets. They, they, there's, uh, uh, it looks like a good day for as far as weather, um, but uh, you know I think when. When you're on a losing season, that happens, Ty.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, and unfortunately, they've
3: lost five straight, not trying to make it six. I didn't realize that this would be the first time it's since 90 or 91, Clay, when Kynes and them did it, six straight losses, and they lost 10 straight under Brett Bielema in 2013 to 2014. So you're definitely uh, – you're definitely trying to avoid it at that point.
8: Yeah, you're in you're in uh, danger territory mm-hmm. without question. Yep,
3: Clay. One of the things they had success and Tommy was kind of speaking to is the offensively was the, so the up tempo stuff. I, Isaiah Satania was talking about it a little bit last night. He, here's what he said about the up
7: tempo. I want your reaction to this. Y'all can see it. Bama wasn't set a lot of the times that we are running the tempo, and I mean I really like it. I, I hope that we do it more in the future, and I feel like it was working.
3: Coach spoke to this on Monday, Clay. That this football team, when they've had success, I mean, when it was working, they'll do it, and they've had success. And it's also the idea that you don't have to really worry about the crowd noise this week. And I think we'll see even more of that because of that aspect as well.
8: You're probably right. The uh, What you have with you know an inexperienced offensive line, uh, sometimes it's hard to go fast. Mm-hmm. And you've you got to make sure that they understand the play, uh, you know, that they get... You know, they get, they've they got their assignments, you know, as far as, but, you know, if you want to change protections, you know, going fast is a problem sometimes. But, uh, yeah, the what you hope with tempo is that you catch a look in the defense, as far as personnel, that you have an advantage. And if you get that advantage, you want to go fast so that they can't sub. And in this day – teams are so specialized in their packages that they change personnel and if you get a drive going they want to change after three or four plays they want to change out the defensive line and maybe you can keep them from doing that with tempo
3: it's also muzzler loaded season this uh, weekend that's what someone texted in from Glenwood MA from Glenwood this morning Clay are you you're not going to the game this weekend you're just chilling right?
8: No, I'll be there. Oh, you're going to the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I mean, I can get to Fayetteville. I, I'm not a muzzleloader hunter, other than I did that, you know, for elk. Uh, have you ever held a muzzleloader? I can't say I have. I know that's surprising thank to you God. and Tommy. Aren't no, you? Thank Surprise. God. No, thank God. It's a little bit too complicated for you. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think you
2: know the difference between primer and black powder.
8: So nope. Be a little no. bit of a problem. No, I think we would keep that out. I mean, but it's the good thing is. Uh, it's only one bullet at a time. It's kind of like you know, you Ah, Barney Fife with yeah. one bullet. Yeah. yeah, you get one shot.
3: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive
0: property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent